Captain Planet, it brings me no pleasure to do this to you, but we have convened this court-martial in order to discuss your recent actions against the Planet military. Uh, as General Planet, it is my duty to preside over this. Now, Admiral Planet, please tell us in your own words, what is Captain Planet being accused of? It brings me great pleasure to bring these charges against this criminal who, as far as I can tell, has murdered no fewer than 13 school buses of children. He vaporized an entire school worth of children just because they got a little too close to the bear enclosure. The, the bears can handle themselves. What were you thinking? Well, I just thought that things were a little too cool and they needed to heat up. Now, I believe that this this string of murders was uh, also linked to the great zoo fire in western Brazil. Is that is that the right? Fire is a natural, important part of our ecosystem. By using fire breaks, we can actually make future fires worse. It's better to use local conservation issues. The power Captain. is yours. <laughs> Captain, eyes forward, please. Stop, stop talking to that camera. This is an internal matter to be discussed by the planet military. Uh... Is there anything else, Admiral, that you'd like to say? The zoo fires were just the start of it. <laughs> we had th there thousands of acres of, of arable farmland completely torn up because that was too much of a monocrop. But we understand that monocropping is not as good as planting multiple crops on the same field. We, we get that. However... An entire city has starved because there's no more food. Cycling your crops in order to regenerate the soil is an important part yeah, no, of no, no, sustainable no, they, ecosystem. They know that. It's hard to do Captain, that. When, forward, please. It's hard to do that when when you have just salted the entire... Now nothing grows there. People need to learn that their actions have consequences. And now they'll learn it forever. The power is yours. Okay. All right. I've heard enough. Listen, Captain... You are, you are not the first person we have relegated to this position that I have had to dishonorably discharge from the planet military for excessive use of force. Bogus. However, I recognize that this is a bigger issue than one man. We're going to have to convene a solar council for oversight. The sun is an important part of our energy sources. Meeting okay. adjourned. Okay. <laughs> our world is in peril. Gaia, the spirit of the Earth, can no longer stand the terrible destruction plaguing our planet. She sends five magic rings to five special young people. Watch from Africa with the power of Earth. From North America, we live with the power of fire. From the Soviet Union, Minka with the power of wind. From Asia, Yi with the power of water. And from South America, Mati with the power of heart. When the five powers combine, they summon Earth's greatest champion, Captain Planet. Solar is, a, is an important factor in our energy diet. And like any good let diet, me, let me take, I'll take the place of Nick here. <laughs> there are billions and billions of neurons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is good enough. A uh, bold choice coming in, <laughs> s 
buses of school children. Not even ecological in nature. Just, just, uh, nope. just, just murder. Nope. Straight murder. <laughs> yeah, I, I killed them. And it was, it was not adults. Nope. Which was. <laughs> hey, gotta get them early. Yeah. Right. If there's one and thing, if I get them, if there's one thing the show has taught us, it's that you gotta get them while they're young. It's like it's the difference between buying a new car that's more efficient and an old car that's already been produced. You see, right? Stick with the. It's like it's cash for clunkers, but in reverse. Uh huh. <laughs> clunking them caches. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're just making room for more Priuses. And in this case, the clunkers are 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 children, yeah. school children, to be precise. Yes. In school buses. Yes. Right. The very picture of an innocent being. Yes. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best things you can do for uh, your uh, carbon footprint is to have fewer children. And if that has to happen after feet. the fact. <laughs> also, help your neighbors to have fewer children. Yeah. <laughs> You're kind of reminding me of the Venture Brothers version of Freddy from Scooby-Doo. There, there is an episode in this show where they kidnap the president uh, accidentally uh, and they who, made they who captain uh, or cap they got they accidentally kidnapped him onto a, a rocket to Venus. Don't worry about it. Um, and they made <laughs> a pretty compelling argument that that'd be effective. <laughs> I mean, if you want to reduce compelling in yeah greenhouse emissions and drilling in in wildlife preserves, yeah, probably kidnapping the U.S. president now, is a good. Place look, to man, as far as we know, this only works with H.W. Bush. We've got Fair. too many presidents. So, <laughs> oh man, Ted Dan, uh, Ted, not Ted Danson. Ted, uh, Ted Turner has some real opinions on H.W. Bush. Oh yeah, yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll we'll get into it in a second. First, let's introduce the podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Zane. My name is Ian. Ian, hello, Ian. Hello. Yes. Welcome to the Carton Cast. I'm the, podcast the podcast is yours. Where we review Zane. Just a minute. Honk honk. <laughs> the podcast where we review. Old cartoons, see what we think of them as adults, and today we are talking about Captain Planet with our friend Ian. Thank you for showing up. Hello, hello. I have a bachelor's in arts with uh, okay. a concentration in geography, environmental studies. Look, it's uh, I have bona fides. I refuse to be told that because I now work for a multinational healthcare corporation that I have uh, sold out or whatever else you might say. Uh-huh. Uh, here, here I am to talk Captain Planet I, because I am an official planeteer. Look, man. Yeah, and look, we man, can be glass one Glass houses, you know, there's no ethical <laughs> consumerism under capitalism. Sure, like, yeah. it, it's cool. Uh-huh. You're among friends. You also have been in, um, you have been a frequent contributor to um, Redacted, by which I mean Empowered. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we redacted yes, it. I, I'm, I'm not allowed to talk about that uh, in official capacity, but um, without confirming or nor denying, yeah. yes, I have. It was been blacklisted a for guest. <laughs> Um But yeah, you also have been on the odd episode with uh, Zane for just like a, a one-legged segment. I think you guys talked about the Land Before Time eight. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. The Big Freeze. <laughs> Wasn't that great? Yeah, <laughs> Did we have a good uh, time? It was a movie. But Did this... you see Captain Planet at all at that time? Because that's at that what the then? lore I'm interested in. What what time? At when you watch no uh, at, Land at what time? What is time? Eight. This was before uh, time. <laughs> oh shit! But what, was was time before Earth? Because they had to be living on Earth. Yeah, so that's unless you believe those dinosaur lies. We have a lot to say about Captain okay. Planet, Ian. Uh, I think Captain Planet might be a it, dinosaur. I think he's like a little lizardy. He... You know, it's weird that he's a humanoid 
typhoon. What, what's yeah. your it's history? That he's a humanoid. <laughs> what's your history with Captain Planet? My history with Captain Planet, um, you know, I I did watch it uh, during the original airing. I think I caught the very tail end of it. You know, ninety five, ninety six. Um, mm-hmm. I did not understand at the time the um, social and personal uh, impact that voice actors like Whoopi Goldberg. Um, LeVar Burton, uh, Maurice LaMarche, uh, Joey Dedio definitely has had the most impact on me as a person. <laughs> someone, 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 someone wrote some notes down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I'm reading off of the Wikipedia page, but I've done my research. Um, but truly, you know, the fact that Jeff Goldblum was there and I had no idea, you know, it's... <laughs> Hiding it, in plain it, sight it, as a giant it, rat man. It, it, it gnaws at me <laughs> as a giant rat man would. <laughs> Which I think... But I you think said it's that just, you had I, environmentalist bona fides. Like, did... It, like, was there any, like, when when you were doing your eco-friendly studies as a, as a collegeman and whatever you did afterward, like, was any part of your brain like thinking back to P- Captain Planet times? The earliest that okay, so the earliest cartoon that I can really remember fully is most definitely Starship Troopers. <laughs> there was <laughs> there was a cartoon version There's of cartoon. Starship Troopers. The only the only bit I remember is they're hiding in a trench as a, a arc of flame from a flamethrower comes over top, and one of the characters goes, "Yeah, but it's a dry heat." <laughs> That's the, <laughs> the entirety of my memories of cartoons at this time. So I know that they're it's rattling mm-hmm. around in there somewhere, but Starship Troopers yeah. has just pushed it. Op- everything else has been pushed down by by Starship mm-hmm. Troopers. Yes, as it does. Yeah. Yeah, it's and it's this is another show kind of like uh, the Magic School Bus where it started in 1990. I would have sworn that this was a primordial show that's just been around forever. Mm-hmm. Just as Captain well, I mean, Planet, we were all born it vaguely feels very around 80s. 1990. Yeah. Oh, this is this is peak 80s though. This is right at the tail end when we haven't lost any of the thumping bass, crunchy guitars, mm-hmm. but we are past the the inauguration of DuckTales. So we're now in syndicated cartoon territory without limited animation. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is like the best of both worlds. But still early enough that you could have a character named Duke Nukem and there's a copyright like battle <laughs> over it, which I well, had completely I read, forgotten. As I read, they originally named the video game Duke Nukem. They, they changed the spelling to get around mm-hmm. copyright, only to re- later realize, wait, he's he's not copyrighted. <laughs> Why they isn't he copyrighted? Didn't check that box, huh? Okay, yep. Um, but yeah, so Captain Planet and the Planeteers was uh, it ran from 1990 to 1992 on TBS and was produced by Deke along with Turner Program Services. Um, and then the new Adventures of Captain Planet ran immediately afterward until 1996 and was produced in part by Hanna Barbera. So, Deke, Hanna-Barbera, you're not looking at the highest quality show. But it had a lot going for well, it. Well, yeah, I don't know if I agree that it wasn't the highest quality. Like, I mean, yes, it was Deke, so, you know, do it cheap. <clears throat> um, but I thought that this actually had, like, a, a decent amount of care yeah. going into it. Or it. Maybe not care, but enough personality that 
the shoddy bits were very forgivable forgivable to me yeah there was high variance in the in the production quality i found oh boy was there (laughs) um you mentioned created by ted turner and barbara Pyle. i had or maybe you didn't but i had it in my notes and i just read it I have some <laughs> facts about Ted Turner. Yeah. <laughs> that I wanted to bring up because the majority of my research was going down a Wikipedia hole about Ted Turner. Um, he, you know, co-sponsored, like, creating this show with Barbara Pyle in 1990. And we got to talk about him because he's apparently... He's he's a very strange specimen. He's like... He's like the insane billionaire in between Howard Hughes and Elon Musk, right? He's like... Well, like, like, that the, like a good variant. He he's he's like the mirror mirror version of uh, Rupert Murdoch, from oh, what I could tell. Good. Like they actually had like a long-standing rivalry, <laughs> which culminated when one of them crashed their yacht into the other one's yacht. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a yacht on yacht collision. Like um, I would like to see a guy Ritchie biopic race. about this. <laughs> At a post-race dinner, uh, Turner drunkenly verbally assaulted Murdoch and challenged him to a televised fist fight in Las Vegas. <laughs> Mad See, that's, you shouldn't. That is under the headline in my notes, Ted Turner and Murdoch. Would you like to hear the other headlines? <laughs> the, the, the floor is yours, Captain. <laughs> Ted Turner and CNN. So Ted Turner famously stated before the network debuted... We won't be signing off until the world ends. What? <laughs> we'll be on. Possibly and we will by cover my the own end hand. of the world <laughs> live, and that will be our last event, and we'll play the national anthem only one time during our inaugural episode. Um, reportedly, he plans to make good on that promise, and in 2015, the video was found in CNN's database <laughs> and leaked. And it was tagged in the database as hold for release till end of the world confirmed. (laughs) New end of the world just dropped. This this is the kind of guy we're dealing with. So he's like a crazy weird philanthropist that happened to be like kind of a radio mogul until that turned into broadcasting, public Mm -hmm. broadcasting. But he's kind of like the good Murdoch version. Or at least that was those were the details that I was able to scrape together. Chaotic neutral. Um, like if you Can, had I, if you uh, had to pick a favorite billionaire, good, like, like I think you would have to pick him. Yeah, yeah. Not, not that yeah, you should. If I had to, if you had to, <laughs> if we were putting all the billionaires on Survivor, for example. <laughs> if you were on a desert island with things. a bunch of billionaires, he's the last one you would eat. Okay. He he's kind of like a pre-social media presence. That kind of can't exist anymore without getting firebombed. Oh, like yeah. he's was very vocal about being and of calling opponents of abortion bozos. <laughs> he accused Israel of being the real terrorist oh, back shit. in two thousand two. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep. And yeah, as evidenced by Captain Planet, he's been a longtime advocate for eco friendly policies. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and. Uh, one more thing in his favor. He helped revive interest in professional wrestling by buying the World Championship Wrestling. What a, what a life this madman has lived. I'm convinced he, that he, was just a, a play to try to make the Braves more relevant by having them all wrestling. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, didn't he also like own the Atlanta Braves? Oh yeah. In fact, yeah. 
when he first uh, went on the air with his you know broadcasting empire, he was just playing like reruns of Braves games to fill the airtime. And he looks like Mister Rogers. Like he 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 looks like an extremely like nicely dressed, just old white fuddy duddy. Like he doesn't look in particularly impressive in any way shape or form he i don't just know had like this weird wide and giant footprint in that 70 in, 70s, in the 70s with his mustache he kind of looked like burt reynolds but maybe that's a cigar i'll, I'll agree to that <laughs> i'll agree to your terms thank you but yeah he was half of the you know deciding force but behind yeah. captain planet um captain planet according to the other co-creator barbara pyle the inspiration for the five planeteers came from real people that she met in post-production with with the exception of wheeler whom she based on her own father <laughs> and, so and the fact that she thought that the u.s was dog shit at environmentalism i mean that, she that was comes through about. pretty she met the, she met the one the first episode true angel yeah <laughs> of environmentalism in the states ted turner <laughs> yeah baffling backstory to this show yeah yeah, yeah, and like I would love to talk about it later once we get through characters and stuff. But like I'm interested in like what we can see. You know, we always talk about how do we think of them as adults. This is kind of a unique case because we're not just looking at it as an artistic property. We're kind of also through the looking glass of seeing it as like a potential way to ginny gin up interest. Mm-hmm. for environmentalism amongst the youth. So it's more edutainment than anything else. Um, the, but I are... struggle to think of a more powerful example in kids' programming for environmentalism than this. Yeah, um, and there are... Uh, this definitely, I think, leans more on entertainment than education in terms of actionable things appears. Like, they have the PSAs at the end, yes. Yep. But it has a lot less to do with, like go and help out at your local thing or like this is how you know uh food ecosystems work and it's a lot more like this giant tree is literally magic this <laughs> specific <laughs> asshole yeah it follows the fern gully yes uh yes. <laughs> paradigm of externalizing corruption and greed as a big fucking machine in the rainforest right mm. yeah as long That's as we take down the machine it's all cool i think they do better than that though because mm-hmm. Although we don't get a lot of actionable details for Cap- from Captain Planet, we do get like this overall emotional message of we should be thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know that like it 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 conveys the right sense to its viewership. It might not convey actionable goals to its viewership, but like, hey, kids, you you know who the good guys are here. You should be with <laughs> these good guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's um, you know, it it's a uh, the the conversation on the show has kind of evolved over time because I think it was seen as like an unimpeachable good uh, back when it aired, and it feels a, a bit more milk toast now. Now when the conversation is more of like, uh, do we resort to corporate sabotage or do we accept the end times? Like those are <laughs> it's it's a lot less recycling based now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think that there are interesting conversations you can have in that space but you can't really deny that this put environmentalism in the 
cultural consciousness of the early 90s, or at least contributed to it. For, for children. Like whether, it allowed children yeah. to talk about environmental issues and be interested in them at a younger age than would otherwise be possible, more so than like any other show could. Kids fucking know, like, recycling. And probably there were a good number of parents who were, you know, brought into that world because the kids brought it to them, probably from this show. But, like, e- even broader than that... I don't know. I just I think that there's there's a lot of utility of kind of bringing this in. like it was very purposeful. They brought it to the youth. Mm-hmm. One of Captain Planet's continual messages um, that he and Gaia both communicate to the Planeteers is the power is yours. Heart is the greatest power. Telling like communicating with people to do environmentalism is the greatest good you can do. Like spread these ideas, children. Mm-hmm. People should know this. And it, yep. it's the the PSAs are are like kind of broader and more adult things than just like hey don't throw your you know gum wrapper on the ground like littering is bad it's like okay they they went to the point of make sure that you're doing full loads in the laundry the washing machine because like that uses less electricity yeah, and less carpool. water and like puts those like not just the the direct action of doing something but also the fact that use less energy as a, a blanket idea in your head, you know, when you're younger, right. yeah. like that's, that's self, you know, planting that seed at a very early age, but also like you said, then bringing that to their parents through this, this vehicle. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way you can communicate it to kids at that age, yeah. because there isn't anything actionable they can do in like the, you know, corporate greed or bioterrorism <laughs> sectors of environmentalism. Well, like there's, not, there's, there's nothing, nothing they can do that we can, you know, that endorse. we can publicly <laughs> condone. Yes. Right. <laughs> no, like it, you have to make it um, approachable for the kids. Remember, kids, and... you can't be trided as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> the power of attorney no. is yours. <laughs> oh, that's not too bad. Um, I gotta learn what power of attorney is at some point. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, like I saw a PSA where uh, it was about like, hey, if you're going to get like a dog or a cat, don't get it from a pet store. Get it from like a shelter, like a shelter. And yeah. that's let you know, that's just, just general pro social pro animal stuff. It's less environment as a whole, but it still plays a part and it's actionable, right? Yeah, it's actionable. And it just kind of like you were saying, Ian, it gets kids into the mindset of like, looking at any given decision you can be a part of and being like what's what what, what, what can i do to make this like less less of a shitty human mm-hmm. process yeah yeah well and how and can we clean this up to the the point of the the you know getting your pet from a shelter instead of a, a pet store it's not even directly tied to the environmental impact of any given animal but it does put that like animal welfare the concept of animal welfare and like the rights of animals and nature at large in your head at a very early age so that when it comes time to have conversations about like the environmental impact of your protein sources like that is a a much uh lighter lift at that point and 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 they're correlated topics right i don't know any environmentalists who also hate animals (laughs) well no they they tend to go (laughs) and and like i mean that that was kind of that that's kind of why I like this approach. Like, even though it does kind of um, filter down environmentalism into better recycle kids, like from an actionable standpoint, it also has like this broad message that it delivers on, and you can really see the broad messaging coming directly from 
Ted the Turner himself's own brain because like mm-hmm. there's like a bunch of different environmental stuff that he was interested in. He was very vocal about it. Like you can kind of feel his footprint through this whole property. Like yeah. it, it's not a specific do this one thing and do it. Like it's not some people I've seen diminish the um, the property of Captain Planet to better recycle. You know, like that's the end product of it in society Mm -hmm. and that's simply not true looking back on this show that is a piece of the true product of the show which is just like this overall message be integrated in your environment you know work with it not against it don't try to conquer it um but like think about the impacts of your everyday actions and how it impacts others like it's yeah it's like it is very milk toast in terms of like kind of like a hippy dippy we should all get along and hold hands kind of way right but 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 even we also all remember it (laughs) true and and like it kind of worked you you can still (laughs) even 30 years on you know you can still make a captain planet reference and people know what you're talking about but yeah there was one on rick and morty yeah the whole episode yeah (laughs) there was a yeah they 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 had an episode where the, Plan- the planeteers were in like their yeah the planetina yeah where they were like all the planeteers were 40 year olds and were keeping her against her will <laughs> yeah because they they got hooked on the business and yeah. what this show does you know it it the critique of it that like oh the people you know the business people you got to watch out for are just in it for the evil like they're evil for evil's sake they're literal rat men um and yeah, like, that one's really, really fern gully. <laughs> and that's, you know, I, I get that as a problem, but it does clue the audience into like, no, I mean, they're, they're not necessarily like evil cackling, just trying to destroy for its own sake. But the decisions that lead to ecological devastation are made by people, right? They, yes. These are these are actions that are taken. And That's that, true. I this isn't is... an ancient spirit that got released from a tree. That's okay. true. So we should, we should probably is, talk about the ancient spirit. But it is a rat man. <laughs> and a man made out of nuclear waste. Dude, his, oh, his like character it? models in this are amazing for the so villains. So There's good. something. I, I've never quite gotten over the true metrosexual icon that is Captain Planet, though. With his green mullet. Green mullet and spit curl. <laughs> He's like a weird gay Superman. <laughs> I'm still just too horny for Dr. Blight. It's it's a problem. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm just going to talk it up to Meg Ryan. It's Meg Ryan's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah not so another one, Meg Ryan. I'm, I'm going to make two uh, alternate ending bits here. First one being <laughs> at the end of Sleepless in Seattle, Meg Ryan is sick of Tom Hanks bullshit and then goes and becomes an evil genius. Second mm-hmm. one, aren't we all? The fly, Jeff Goldblum, gets in the transporter with a rat, turns into Rat Man, decides to go. <laughs> he didn't learn his lesson the first time, he, or was he, he trying to fix the fly problem? I, I think he was trying to fix the fly problem, hence the acid rain. I, I want to so it can like digest his food. For I want to see. I, I want to see the episode of Captain Planet where they discover the Jeff Goldblum machine that they shoved endless teenagers in to create Captain Planet, <laughs> and we get to see all the runoff. <laughs> You, you, you think know, that like, they're siphoning some sort of vital fluid from these people. Look, the extra part's got to go somewhere. Uh-huh. You do, it'd be inhumane to euthanize uh, right. whatever. You don't want to, all these organs go to waste. And every time, yeah, yeah, that's just meat on the ground. Every time they summon him, it's a new one getting launched out of a tube. 
So oh my as, god, as like the, the seasons prestige? go on, yeah, like yes. <laughs> just don't let them know. Yeah, and, but but as the seasons the go side. on and the DNA starts to degrade, they get worse and worse and more deformed, and then it's, my it just, god, that's why they had to shut it down. That's the that's the dark side of of, of big woke. Yeah, this is the thing they the don't want you to know. Every time you leave your lights on, you kill another. Uh, God, what's the guy's name? Another five diversified teenagers. Another Wolverine. What? Who's? God, what's his name? Uh, Hugh Paul. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, you kill another Hugh Jackman. I don't know. Why I was thinking Paul Bunyan. <laughs> so um, let's talk about these teens. The idea well, of this. Well, can show... we talk about the? Can we talk about the plot? construction yeah. pollution has escaped basis. recruit a team of teenagers with attitude with attitude yeah no zane i i also saw a lot of commonality between this and power Rangers. what if there was a team what if there was a party of five human druids <laughs> teenagers with attitude is is not a bad way to go about this though no like they're they're not they're they're that right age like the power rangers are where they're like a little older than anyone who's watching this is going to be so you kind of have the cool looking up to Big Brother kind of thing, but they're also relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess we are kind of talking about characters now. Well, we it, might as well so, do it. So the inciting incident here is <clears throat> Gaia, the spirit of the planet, uh, woke up. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg, exactly. So presumably in 1990, the sh- like th- that that was the tipping point for her. Is it any idea? No, why? I think she, I think I think it was said that she just was napping for too long. Like she woke up and she's like, "Oh shit, my <laughs> yeah, alarm yeah. didn't go off." God took a vacation, kind of thing, and so she's like, "Okay, I need uh, stewards of the environment who will do right. I need an ethnically diverse group of teenagers. Four four stewards of the environment and one." rough and tumble rapscallion from <laughs> hey, the streets yo, of Brooklyn. Uh, forget about it. <laughs> I wasn't raised well. I'm gonna start a fire. He was not doing environmentalism. He was beating punks up in an alley. Well, it was either gonna be... So they, they had, you know, one person from each uh, continent that matters, apparently. Um, and it was either gonna <laughs> yes, be... The, if, the twin continents of Soviet Russia and Asia. And also Asia. They're equally represented. <laughs> But then we, it was either going to be, because apparently you could only have five. You can't have six. I, mean, I don't know if they have Mr. Antarctica. Yeah. Antarctica but, the power uh, of boomerang. <laughs> well, exactly. It was either going to be North America or Australia. And, I mean, Australia is not going to fly. I did see a Steve Irwin in one episode, oh, and it was great. <laughs> yeah. The, the, they should have had a rotating that, cast. The, uh, the way that they draw kid. the faces in the show do look like they're based on real people mm-hmm. but um yeah so so these five teens um we have kwami who harnesses the power of earth wheeler who does fight you you heard the intro wheeler um, who's actually what, just what we... fried from futurama i'm pretty sure he looks it. it's very similar um and yeah again star-studded cast we have kwami is lavar burton linka mm-hmm. is kath susie Gee is yep. uh, Janice Kawaii. We saw her as Jenny from My Life as a Teenage Robot. Sounds correct. Uh, Mati is Scott Menville, who is Robin. It's Robin and Lloyd Irving and a bunch of fun stuff. So, yeah. Uh, and yeah, Mati's men- voice really 
brought it, it was really nostalgic for me to hear his voice every now and then. I didn't like it, but it was nostalgic. <laughs> yeah, he he's kind of um meant to be a couple years younger than the others and he's kind of grating, like he's a little scrappy. The best part of him is his animal familiar Suchi, mm. uh who is voiced by Frank Welker. Sure. Noted Animorph. Noted Animorph Frank Welker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ian, what do you think of this cast? Any particular standouts? Any strengths or weaknesses you're seeing here? Yeah, did, did you like any of these casts amongst the others? I'm, we're not going to pretend like Joey Wheeler is not our favorite. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, Joey Dedio, by the way, apparently there's a Karate Kid TV show, and he plays the voice of Daniel LaRusso on it, which is very... Yes. <laughs> yeah. it, it I don't know sense. what to do with that information. <laughs> what yeah. kind of name is Wheeler? Yeah, it, maybe it's because I I watched mainly very early episodes, like from, from the first season. Oh, with good reason. Uh, yeah, well, you know. But it's like 90% of his dialogue is like, man, this Russian chick's pretty good at this stuff, huh? And like, that's it. <laughs> it's like, can you yeah. do something else? Like, you're from Brooklyn. I mean, at least do some Brooklyn shit, you know? Yeah, it it. I mean, he does exude Brooklyn with every sentence as he 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 does. But yeah, early on, he is pretty much one track mind. I am interested in ladies like children are. At the end of the the eighties, I think it's probably a good choice to, um, you know, have the the American kid who is ostensibly the the character that most of the audience would be identifying with have him be the um to me the most grating and to to basically bestow oh, more yeah. respect upon mm-hmm. the the other people um within this cast yeah and it, it communicates like, some patriotic shame yeah to like the yeah. Base. like how, <laughs> like how yeah. they made captain kirk just an absolute horn dog right and you know it's it's the only um, way to make him relatable. It, I think I think Captain Kirk is actually a very good a good uh, comparison here because um, it's it's diversity that doesn't feel forced. You know, it's like mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's guy, it's the Earth, so obviously you're not going to pick five kids from the America. That doesn't make any sense. No. Well, well, let's 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 modify that statement a little bit because it does feel forced in that their accents are very very on the page okay. <laughs> it, they're screaming they are screaming from the top of their lungs i am a russian girl from russia wait the soviet union <laughs> right yeah um yeah. constantly screaming bush and moy uh <laughs> calling him an imperialist pig like it, like it, it's non yeah. it's non-stop dude yeah like it they're not shy about shouting it loudly that these are diverse peoples um it does make sense within the framework of the show you are correct there. I, I think mm-hmm. you have to be a little bit more very quite... over the top to get the point across though i mean it is a show for children yeah well we, we were I thought it worked. it's not about and, subtlety and it was a show that was the 1990 the early 1990s we didn't know enough to be ashamed of doing uh you know, racist caricature right yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't we didn't know that that was wrong yet right yeah i think i think it was handled about as well as as you were going to um it would have felt weird yeah. to like pick people against type for its own like 
is that oh, better yeah. than stereotyping? It's just extra steps. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I don't, no, no, I, I I don't agree. want and to come on the screen and go, hey, can I get a pizza over here? It's like, oh, <laughs> come on. I want to see that. <laughs> well, okay, I think that'd be kind of. Like but... a body swap episode? Hey, Gabe, why, don't you, <laughs> yes, why don't you stay yes. in your own lane, yeah. chump? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm Raphael that, that, is, that is a good point. But I agree, it, Ben. It is, it is a um, good... It is a point in their favor that these were based off real people, so we also mm-hmm. have that additional context of these were not, you know, cousin Skeeter grown in a lab, early black youth in yeah. the 90s kind of amalgamations. And they, the fact, these are real people that are filtered through cartoonism. And they give them some backstory and some, some context, right? So if you had one episode where we are in this person's you know home village and everybody is talking with a very thick accent it might feel a little weird but if we come back again and again and these are just characters uh it it, it kind of works out um mm-hmm. i do agree ben that um you know they they are trying to make wheeler seem less cool part of that is because the element of fire is a bit harder to work into the context of environmentalism just like at, at first glance yeah yeah, I mean, you can, you know, fire's necessary to promote new growth in forests. It's, it's and clear whatnot. that like they lightning wanted to causing do the classical forest fires thing. is natural. Yeah, no, usually he's just fighting punks with fire. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the, the yeah, fire of the environmentalist spirit within him. Yeah. No, you already have heart. Shit. There's no spirit left. It's uh, just it's, fire, man. <laughs> Ma- Mati has <laughs> taken all of my soul. Ah, uh, Mati. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I think I liked uh, Kwame quite a bit. I thought that he did a great job as like just just very level-headed leader uh, type. Yeah, um, he reminded me of Aqualad from Young Justice. Yeah, just like you you guys are all hormonally bankrupt, you know, <laughs> early early teenagers, and also Mati, who's talking to a monkey most of the time. I'm the only one who gets shit done and has a plan. <laughs> it kind of does feel that way. Uh, I do think it's funny in the first season, the intro, they refer to Linka as from the Soviet Union, but then the Soviet Union fell, and so they yeah. were just from that Eastern was a, Europe. <laughs> that was a blast from the past, yeah. Man, remember when historical events happened, like, <clears throat> over time and not just all at once, like, not for two decades and then all at once in a couple <laughs> years. Yeah. But also... To, to say another thing of... Um, the way they shouted their accent like Linka gets it the worst yeah. that they they shout their nationality over and over again yeah. because probably America has the strongest feelings about Russia and like those are the caricatures that are most readily accessible well, but sure. except you, you um, say nationality but they they're the Soviet Union or Eastern Europe and then also Asia and then also Africa it's like well where mm-hmm Pick, are we doing one. countries? Are we doing ethnicities? What are we doing here? Just, just vague. <laughs> Which and maybe that's. I'm trying to find the the upside of this to like say, oh well, it doesn't have to be. Especially when when you consider, um, you know, American foreign policy at this time is really like getting into this um, idea of proxy wars and and all of that. We were kicking ass, right? We're kicking ass and taking names and um, you know, they're probably trying to... I don't to... think we started taking names till 94. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. It was after the saxophone on Arsenio, right? I think that was it. But... <laughs> That's right. Was that yeah, because H.W. Bush Clinton. was like, we're just gonna kick ass and then Clinton was like, maybe we should write some of this down. But we could take some names. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we don't get Iran and <laughs> Iraq mixed up. Exactly. Well, and there you go. Can you imagine? So you could you could say that you know maybe Guy is Korean. It's like, well, is she South Korean or North Korean? It's like, well, now you have to make that distinction. And I think they were. Uh, yeah. I think she's just very, water Korean. I think they were she? very into. <laughs> right. It's not like Avatar, but just, well, it, it isn't. Now you have to ask the question: Is she from the South China Sea, or you know, you open a whole Pandora's box here if she's water Korean? Um, it, but, it did feel like they were trying. It did feel I want like, to clip that. That's that's the cart. That's oh the no. that's the manual. Oh no! You open a whole Pandora's box if she's water Korean. <laughs> it it does feel like they were trying to remain like. The politics of environmentalism, yes. All other politics, stay away. Right. Because, well, like, you also have to remember how low the bar was yeah. in 1990. Oh, yeah. Like, we, we had not yet discovered black exploitation as a parody. Like, it was still... There was no tongue in that cheek. It was just like, exploitation. It was, everyone was... Yes, it was just exploitation. Everybody in black media was shouting dynamite at each other. Even dynamite? Especially dynamite. Oh yeah, he was way up in the front. It was that and the and and the Huxtables. That that was like kind of the only black media at the time. God, the the nineties were such a weird time to have lived through and know very little about. <laughs> yeah, it's weird being a child of the nineties because it's all in the subconscious, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like all the commercials where like there's sound effects that explode onto the screen, like the, like it's a comic book. I know those. I know those deeply. I couldn't point to a single example. <laughs> <laughs> and like the names, like, you know, Patrice O'Neill is a comedian that like I know of, but I could not tell you a single bit from his act. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I just remember this coming on every Earth Day as a marathon. Cause what was the what was the one that had the Iron Giant playing? 24 hours that straight. Was, was that Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving? That yeah. was Thanksgiving, okay. God, Iron Giant's so good. It is. He's the real superhero. Earth Day's also fine. He's, he's the real guy. Uh, <laughs> let's let's talk about the more supernatural elements of this. So, like, the the characters, the teenagers with attitude that we have, um, which, yes, that's how you communicate it to kids. There's going to be a lot of elements of this show that it's just we needed to communicate it to kids. Yeah. Teenagers with attitude is... Uh, proven to work but yeah they get elemental um, rings so they can do magic but it you know they have to have the rings sometimes they don't have the rings and then if yes. they summon captain planet the rings don't work so you got to make sure you right, really want right. them to come in but yeah this is a really cool the theming of the show yeah it's it, it is cool but it's also like a really good like theming of the show is that like we have to kind of come together in order to make the real big things happen right you know like if there's if we're right up against the wire and like we need to solve something we kind of can't operate independently we have to you know form a community of sorts i don't know i'm just spitballing here and, uh, and they, <laughs> they 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 combine their powers to create this uh this avatar <laughs> some some yes. sort of avatar yes but like there's like a like a weirdly chrome <laughs> or, or hey, there's a little there's, silver there's surfer something about, about him. him yeah yes mm. there is there's something that is very plastic about <laughs> captain planet that is difficult to describe it does look like he was designed to be an action figure for sure yes 
100%. And I would love an action figure of Captain Planet. He was clearly created in the eras that, like, underwear on the outside or underwear as an entire costume was just still viable. Zane, when did that die out? Did that die out? Am I just behind the times? Is Sting still alive? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Dune Sting or regular Sting? Dune Sting, clearly. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, it, so this, this character is sort of supposed to be this over-the-top Superman. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's got weaknesses, but he's your cavalry, right? He's your ace in the hole. And he's kind of, yes. a, kind of a goofball, too. Like, he's cracking jokes and making puns the whole time. Uh, kind of making you be like, oh, you know, once once you all get together, not only are you effective, you can also have some fun with it. He's he's sort of a a, a freakazoid of sorts because yeah. like yeah. he has powers and personality garnered from a bunch of different places over the world, and he's a total fucking goofball. Mm-hmm. Like, and he makes pop culture references as fast as he can. I I hear him saying colloquial things that I would not attribute to an avatar of the earth, <laughs> especially one like, that yeah, is only to stay like and made shoot physical the when the children come together and call upon him. So, like, is he just in the ether collecting pop culture references? Oh. Yeah, where is it's not is it like a Pokeball? I, I was just thinking, like, it's gotta be a Pokeball situation. Or is he like one fifth conscious of all the things that they're conscious of? Huh. I does it hmm. Is it specifically the rings or is it them as the planeteers that gives him his personality? Like would he just exist as this wisecrack and punsmith without Wheeler? Yeah, it feels I like he should no be a bit idea. more timeless. I thought he'd behave more like a Zordon, but he behaves a little bit more like a like a TJ from Recess. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's an additional wrinkle. There was an episode, uh, the one where they were in space. Uh, Kwame oh, yes. and Mati ended up in space. One of the ones where they were in space. And so the Captain Planet returns the power to the rings. Two of those rings aren't on the planet anymore. So he can't return oh. those. So we get this like, like desaturated Captain Planet who only has Earth and heart powers. Like what? <laughs> Excuse me. And he seems confused that his air powers don't work, and Guy is like, "Let me explain this a little." You bit. saw you saw Captain Planet go through a bout of dementia. <laughs> I, I I saw him with his with his metaphorical pants off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't got much in the way of pants to work with, man. No, it was it was Yeah, it's a dangerous that situation. Is, that is weird. It cuz like, yeah, uh, we could talk about the ontology of a captain planet for ages. <laughs> and it's interesting that he's he's summoned to deal with crises of pollution. Pollution is also his weakness. Yeah. Toxic yeah, waste. Yeah, 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 it's a just yeah. General toxic waste. Is it acid? Is it what's what's causing this? Radiation. Oh no, it's too cloudy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it. Yeah, it's whatever. It's just whatever's convenient. Whatever, whatever mm-hmm. pollution is on standby. I'm just remembering a memory. Uh, I'm just having a memory from my my childhood, uh, which I would like to share with you. That is Captain Planet. There was yeah. one episode where the, like, evil league of evil of all of the, like, loot and plunder and hog face and rat pack and all, 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 the, <laughs> the, all the greatest villains. hits. Yeah, eco-villains. They, they kidnapped Captain Planet, and 
hook him up to some sort of weird torture apparatus and then invite the Planeteers onto what is essentially like the set of a game show where one of the Planeteers fights one of the eco-villains. And I, I have this distinct memory of them going through an obstacle course where just a bunch of buckets of toxic sludge were falling <laughs> and Linka was using wind to clean it up and whatever she didn't clean up got piped right into Captain Planet's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> oh. So yeah. so fear factor then. <laughs> well, I remember it so distinctly because they were like, I guess, you know, I guess what we've learned today is that it's faster to... To, to make a mess than it is to clean it up or something like that and that stuck with me but also what was their plan um, with the toxic waste it's like aha in 45 years you might get liver cancer like what what kind <laughs> of a plan is that well it, it hits Captain Planet faster well right? it hits him faster he, but like could have just run Planet through years. it like she could have just taken one for the team like alright you're just gonna dump yeah, toxic yeah. waste on me I'll be able well, to on your own. later right and the, the the severity of these threats varies quite a bit. So like like the threat it's to like them, Superman rules. Like yeah. if he touches it, he dies. Versus he like just gets like food poisoning for a while. <laughs> but also their willingness to like cause environmental problems. So like uh, they they're trapped in a warehouse with a bunch of to- like barrels of you know skull and crossbones liquid <laughs> basically <laughs> and it springs a leak and there's toxic fumes that are going to kill them if they don't get out and they're like oh i'm going to use my fire to break out through the roof and they're like no because that what if these catch fire and link is like oh i can use my air to to blast it away and they're like that might release it into the atmosphere and it's just like they hamstring themselves so much when the plot requires them to <laughs> I don't hate that. And I think no. for the message, it works, yeah. Yeah, especially because, like, these are superpowers that these people are given. Right. But even though the power is theirs, <laughs> wink, uh, they are never forgetting that the end goal here is not to exercise the power for the immediate concern of, hey, there's some bad guy doing bad shit. Right. But overall, we got to help the environment. Like, this is kind of for the environment. It's I don't like know that... if any of them would get their paladin powers revoked if they, like, hurt the environment with their magic rings. But also, like... It's like that game, it, uh... Oh, go ahead. Uh, just the the idea of them, like, going to great lengths to not do accidental environmental damage, like, unintended consequences, whatever. Um, you know, I was watching this, and I was thinking, like, man, you know, if you, if you tried to make this today with corporate funding, you would have to be like, oh, like, we've decided to stop drilling for oil, but we're going to frack because natural gas is a good bridge fuel. It's like, well, that's not really the message they're trying to say here. <laughs> and, like, I had, I had this uh, image yeah. in my head of all the... If this got in on... The other four kids... Dude, if this happened after clean coal... Oh, terrible. Just terrible. And, like, the the four kids trying to convince Mati that, like, oh, no, it's okay that we bulldoze as part of your rainforest because there are lithium deposits that we need to make electric cars. Mm. It's like, that's not... (laughs) Hang on a second. You know? I I could see that happening. Yeah, this isn't a a grad-level class. Like, this is is very much... But, but again, I think Very much a 100 level. That's better for the message of, like look we know what we need to do and we just have to you know we're we're five teenagers that you know that feel this deeply and, and understand like what needs to be done to solve the problem and we're yeah we're going to do that yeah. let's 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 dive a little bit further into the 
messaging of this show i mentioned it earlier but i i don't feel like we really expounded upon it of is this show good for environmentalism given that it very much passes the buck to individuals in the text of the mm-hmm. of the work but however it is also increasing awareness and i don't think it passes the buck to the individuals in the subtext of the work so like what do you guys think about that like the fact that you know, recycling is is sort of a gambit by polluting businesses, and in, yeah, yeah. in a way to kind of you know put a smokescreen of individual impact up on the table. Like, is this doing good, or like is this kind of leading us down the wrong path of messaging? Hmm. Yeah, I've been kind of going back and forth on this on this myself um, because I do absolutely understand the perspective of like if you. Uh, endorse a half measure are you preventing people from realizing the full measure um or or is it kind of a perfect is the enemy of good situation where like you you at least get started like we can try i think given that this is a show for kids um like kids are not part of large organizations or businesses or community like they they don't have a lot of levers they only really have individual or like maybe i can convince my parents to do a thing and so i think that level of like we're empowering them we're making them aware of the issues we're showing that teamwork can do good things like it's 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 inculcating a culture of uh progress and you know were you really expecting to get in-depth policy actions from a cartoon? I like. <laughs> well, yeah. well it, it kind of makes me wonder if. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just one of the episodes uh, with um, the first episode with Duke Nukem, and they find out that he's stolen a bunch of uh, nuclear reactor waste because uh, he lets what he likes to eat or whatever. And uh, oh, it's his children. And yeah, and Linka says, um, "Oh, he he must have he must have broken into a storage facility and stolen it." And I thought. Yeah, or like he gotten out of an open pit in the ground that like where the government just dumped a bunch of barrels that were all leaking anyway. <laughs> like ah, you're referring to nature's storage yeah, facility, exactly. But then also, I mean, can you expect a cartoon like that to cut to like U.S. government storage facility and they're just like dumping you know backhoes full right. of barrels into the open pit and then have a kid go to their parents and say, I assume they all look like gorillas or 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 some <laughs> some sort of like that, yeah, some sort of rodent. But, but then they lo- they all look like weasels. But then the you know, you, you can't have your kid go to your parents and say, "Oh, like, does the government really dump nuclear waste into open pits?" And the parents are gonna be like, "What the fuck, man? Like, I, what are you wanting me to tell you?" Like, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. The internet's still new. We don't have Wikipedia. Right. <laughs> I don't, yeah, the um, inter- I, I do think so. The nuclear issue is one that I think really shows how this this cartoon was trying to toe that line, mm-hmm. where yeah. they they know that nuclear energy is kind of a a fault line in the environmentalist community. Um, And so they specify every single time uh, that the danger is misuse Mm -hmm. of nuclear power or, or, you know, over-reliance on it at the expense of other alternatives. Do they really do that? Can you, like, cite your sources? Because, like, uh, that would impress me to such a monumental degree. Because this was in the era where everyone was just like, you, you either you couldn't really be a friend like we we weren't allowed to be a friend of nuclear power since like Three Mile Island like well, it, no, that's like, just not viable in it's, our it's, politics. Well, Chernobyl it's, it's, had happened been like kind of... four years before this premiered. Like it was definitely you know, yeah. fully in the the psyche. 
it was in the conversation. Yeah. yeah. And, and like there was a like there was an episode with Duke Nukem where uh, a scientist at the nuclear power plant was like, hey, yeah, so here's all this great energy that's, you know, much cleaner than, you know, these other ones. And they're like, dude, but what about safety? And they're like, it's very safe. But then Duke Nukem breaks in and steals the rods and whatever. And he's like, maybe it wasn't really safe. We could use an extra set of oversight here. <laughs> that's yeah. that's 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 phenomenal. That's, that's surprisingly actually, like, nuanced. Yeah. It's blowing my mind. Like, and that's again, this is for kids. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to say that. They could have just said nuclear good. Yep. But they're like, no, we want to actually like communicate our politics as effectively as we can, and mm-hmm. it's a short leap from nuclear good to nuclear good but potentially harmful if we don't do it right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas they never make that argument with like you know oil. Yeah. Well, that's that's <laughs> what impressed me about the, the fact that they have three buckets instead of two buckets yeah. for energy is very impressive for this time period. Well, even in the pilot where you know they're uh, you know um, hoggish hoggish greedly is. is drilling for oil with, a, with an offshore rig and and spraying oil all over the shoreline it's it's terrible and i thought you know they very easily could have gone and like beaten him up and then like reconnected the line to the pipeline it was supposed to go to and be like see this is what <laughs> happens when you know you know you could have made the regulation argument of oh like they weren't being held accountable and we're here to make sure that they're like not just dumping this oil wherever but they're like no, you're going to stop drilling for oil, and then Captain Planet is going to go gain more energy from the sun, which he does on many right. occasions, which is pretty pretty obvious there. Cough, Superman cough. <laughs> yep. Exactly, yeah. It's great. Well, I mean, solar energy cough. I mean, it's he's and, just like, and he's like, a living solar panel, and he is the, the, the most powerful <laughs> being on this planet. So, you know, yeah, it's, that's, that's a chrome. pretty direct That's line. a silicon look. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, Until 9 p.m. And like, at which the point villains, he hangs up his cape and cowl. The villains, yes, you do have villains where the problem is not that they're running the pipeline. The problem is that they're like bathing in the oil. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Yep>. In the <laughs> open seas. They're doing hedonism bot cosplay. <laughs> but they also have like Loot and Plunder, who's just a businessman. Right. Oh, man. What was his nephew's name was Robin Plunder. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about these uh, these villains? I thought these were I, these masterful the character models. I love this. Before we get before we get to like the villains specifically, I do want to say like about the names. This follows the delightful trend of some of that early '90s. We're just figuring syndication thing out of both names of episodes and names of villains to where like they only need to vaguely resemble real names it's, it as references long as something <laughs> if it's most of the way to a pun you're fine mm-hmm. i i just watched the uh, the beginning half of an episode that was named 12 angry animals in which the planeteers are put on trial uh by i think a yeti <laughs> and the yeti says you will be judged by a jury of your peers these 12 angry animals <laughs> So they say it, like, in the episode, too, <laughs> which is incredible. <laughs> yeah, some of these plots go a little off the rails. Um, yeah, but I, I saw one where they were doing, like, uh, talking about puppy mills, and the, ta- the title was 101 Mutations, because, like, they weren't being treated well, I guess. Amazing. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, Amazing. But again, the scale can vary wildly. So one of the recurring villains, Dr. Blight, in a season one episode... She is cutting down a sacred tree to gain superpowers to fight Captain Planet one-on-one. In season six, she's just running a puppy mill. 
Like nothing hmm. extra on top of that. It's just the all she. So you've kind of got everything, yeah. and like you say, Yeti Yeti Tribunal. Like <laughs> there's time travel in this show. Yeah, no, like dude, you early can't handle the, the late season. We were these. We're really seeing some of the uh, fundamental problems of the long-running shows in the early '90s, where it's kind of they're 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 going on too long for the plots to cleave closely to reality. Yes, like we saw this in so many different things, like Totally Spies. It didn't take four seasons until they started having people with clown powers showing up and transforming people into mimes with a mime ray. Like it's there's. Ian, any questions? It's, that sounds like a great episode. It's going to be assessed. <laughs> it's, um, we see the weaknesses because they, they have to make up bullshit in order to get reasonable plots off the ground, and then they have to weakly tie it into environmentalism. I saw what was essentially a Scooby-Doo episode in the fifth season. Mm-hmm. Loot and Plunder didn't want a public train to be usable because he wanted to sell cars for, like, a freeway or something. Zane, would you like to guess how they made the public train unusable? Did they did they just blow it up? No, 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 no. That's that's too think you have to think Scooby Doo. And what oh, is yeah, the yeah. one thing that Scooby Doo villains do? Uh they pretend that it's haunted. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> they pretended that the train was haunted, so no one would use the train. The problem with so public transportation is it's too public. <laughs> You're getting vagrants from the ethereal plane in here. I, like, looked at it, and I was like, okay, I was just looking at something from season three there where, where it was like, oh, there's an oil pipeline, and now I'm looking at this, and it's haunted train. I, like, looked down at my hand to see if I, like, was having a stroke. Like, I couldn't <laughs> believe how quickly it went off the rails. Speaking of haunted train, R.I.P. Lance Reddick, pour one out for <laughs> just, just a hero. I, I, I miss him already. A famous train. Oh, from from the Chronicles of Reddick. Yes, I think. <laughs> a fine tribute. You, you you follow him on the sub Reddick. He was he was the ghost train guy out of Don Rick and Morty from Vindicators as you. Oh like. shit! Yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah. Remember, ghost, ghost train. Remember when that guy wanted to use a ghost train? Let's go. <laughs> Five guys. That, that episode. The creators. The creators hate that episode, and I think it's. Like, it's impeccable. It's so, <laughs> so fun. <laughs> All right. All right. Everything's wrapped up. Remember when he, Alan wanted to use That's a ghost strange. train? <laughs> oh. That's going to be a fun show note. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's worth mentioning the, the Rick and Morty Planetina episode. Her eventual solution to solving the problem is to just kill a bunch of oil workers. <laughs> Yeah, it's our intro sketch. Yeah, basically. More or less. Which and I don't inherently disagree with. <laughs> well, it's sabotage, not terrorism, right? That's the current Overton There's... window. <laughs> ah, okay. Let's, let's really, make sure we're not running really afoul of the... line. Sorry, um, legal experts. I, but I yeah, let's, let's talk about these villains. Um, yes. So uh, it, it's worth just kind of going down the names here. Hoggish Greedley is Ed Asner. Dude. Uh, yeah. Duke Nukem is Dean Stockwell. Dr. Blight was Meg Ryan for a season. And then Mary Kay Bergman, who does most of the women's voices on South Park. Um, Sly Sludge is Martin Sheen. Perfect. There's this guy named Zarm, who's like the anti-Gaia. That's voiced by Sting. 
Dude, I was wondering if there was an anti-Gaia. If yep. there was like a, a dark, like a like an injustice Yo, he looks like version. Sauron. Dude, does he give the evil League of Evil their own like pollution rings? No. Okay, so we'll get there in a second. I, Zarm, I'm having vague memories of them getting pollution rings. Zarm convinces the plant, tries to convince the planeteers that Gaia's the real anti-environmentalist. She's the one trying to stop, you know, whatever. Um, Jeff Goldblum is Ratman Verminous Scum. Amazing. Great. I, I couldn't believe it when I heard him in the like the second episode, and he's like... I had to really think about it. He's he's starting an acid rain cloud, and, and Captain Planet is moving it away, and he yells at him, hey, you get off my cloud. <laughs> it never it's stops. Incredible. Yeah, we should mention that, <laughs> that I guess. Episode, I, like, I could not keep up with the rain puns in that. My head hurt mm-hmm. by the end of that episode. Not just the puns. Not the puns, the not merely the puns. Right. The yes. puns are part of it. The pop culture references are insane. Yeah. <laughs> I saw, I heard in in the in the Yeti Council episode, the Yeti uh-huh. of the people, people years versus the Yeti. Um, they they one of like there's a parrot on the Yeti's shoulder, like he's a pirate, but they're in a cave. It makes no sense, and the parrot is constantly shouting off like procedural drama <laughs> like lines. <laughs> Like saying, "Book him, Dano." <laughs> like, what are we doing? What are we? It does feel a lot of "What are we doing?" <laughs> References that kids in the nineties did not get. No, this is for Daddy for some reason. This is this is absolutely for Daddy. <laughs> uh, but Ben, the the power rings you're talking about. So they made evil copies of the power rings. So. Uh, uh, instead of fire, you have super radiation. Instead of earth, you have deforestation. Oh, oh yeah, uh, the deforestation uh, ring. Smog, toxics, quote unquote, and hate instead of heart. And they form Captain oh, that's Pollution. Good. That's good. What does Captain Pollution look like? I have to imagine since since Captain Planet looks like a glam rocker, is he like a heavy metal dude? Like yeah, he is, looks. Am I looking like at Captain, a Rob Zombie? He looks just like Captain Planet, except the color palette is like red and black. But he's got a bunch of like open sores on his face. Oh, awful. that's fucking it's great! I'm looking this guy up, Captain. I want to see this. And Captain he's Pollution, like, you said? yeah, dude, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, he's got like a valley accent. It's crazy. There was. Uh, an oh episode. my god! This guy. What is wrong with his? He's 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 got those like. There's something wrong with his face. It's I mean, there's the something wrong with his It's not merely the open sores. First of all, instead of like those delicious like blue metallic abs we get with Captain Planet, he is clearly clothed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I find that refreshing. He's morally not, repugnant. He's not au natural. <laughs> um, but also. Also, we like there's a there. He's got like these dimples in his cheeks, like, like, uh, like, like some. He looks. He looks like a pervert. I don't yeah, know. He, he got botoxed. <laughs> um, oh, that's what it is. It there was an episode it that hit a little too real because Captain Pollution was uh, he was flying past a train that was carrying toxic chemicals, and he said, "This train's moving so fast it might not even need my help to derail." <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Mm. Mm. Uh, by the way, we should we should have. When is started, this coming out? <laughs> we we should have uh, we should have started this episode with a disclaimer. Josh, this episode's gonna make you sad. Don't listen to it. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> poor Josh. I mean, if he look, if he got through bus full of children being murdered by the spirit of the planet, then yeah. Thanks, thanks again, Ian. <laughs> you're you're kind of a walking disclaimer for this podcast. I think they had an overpopulation episode. They did, but it was about. 
mice. It was this Gulliver Travels uh, situation, but it was also a dream. Excuse I me? Know. I was literally right. just it, yeah. This. Okay. So God, I love early '90s syndicated yeah, give, TV. Give us a synopsis they had no of this. idea. Let me, what, let me give you. They the, didn't know what couldn't be done. Overview here. It's titled uh, "Population Bomb." from 1991 continue the trend of tackling controversial subject matter atypical for a children's cartoon in this instance the problem of the overpopulation uh at the time i believe um the conversation of overpopulation centered mostly around china so i don't really know how this would have played in the time however the the one child program the one child left behind per person the 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 (laughs) ted turner actually was a vocal uh proponent of like population control and so clearly said that we should adopt fairly heavy hand in this episode oh he's he's straight up he's straight up advocated for a one child policy like china had for the state so he says using mice as substitutes for humans the episode sets wheeler on a gulliver's travel style adventure where he encounters a tribe of sentient mice i could just stop there <laughs> who are destroyed by over which season was this uh season two i believe it, it, so the, the mice wow. are destroyed okay, by they move fast. overpopulation and irresponsible leadership. It turns out that the ordeal is something that Wheeler dreamed up, though it serves as a warning for the audience about sustainability and overconsumption. So we're getting very Malthusian at the very beginning of this whole run. Yeah. I'm willing to say that if this was season four or later, it would not have been a dream. Th- right. This is no, yeah. no, Ben. This yeah, is right. this is a show that reverse jumps the shark. Like <laughs> season one, we're fighting a nuclear bomb. Season three, there's some robot wolves. Season four, <laughs> season six, we're just like dealing with a puppy mill. <laughs> like there's a lot of robots in this show. Like all of the in in Ferngully, you know, like the leveler was like the big bad of the whole situation. Yeah, the crawler. Um, yeah, it was just it was just like this 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 gigantic steamroller thing that was tearing up the rainforest. There's a lot of like kind of zords and zoids that are being piloted by like loot and plunder and hoggers mm-hmm. pig face. <laughs> Hogger. <laughs> Uncle Pork Flaps. Hogger pig face. <laughs> Uncle Pork Flaps. <laughs> um side note, I had no yeah. idea that that was also the the guy who did China Illinois and it all makes sense. Oh, yeah. okay. What's China Illinois? The show later. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, but, yeah, we'll be here all day. Yes. Um I thought the later seasons were weaker overall. I think they did kind of run out of steam and ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um and that's not, you know, inherent to the early eras of syndicated cartoons just more shows 90s. lasted this long back then like yeah exactly like going back to he-man like you had 52 uh, 53 episodes in a in a year because you could do it on a weekly basis mm-hmm. um you know it would be very quickly that you ended up in alternate dimensions uh but speaking of season six i wanted to mention uh <laughs> a choice w- that was made is it time? It is time. So we mentioned in the, in the, you know, we mentioned the intro. They're just kind of explaining how the Planeteers came to be. But in season six, this was replaced by a rap sung by Fred Schneider of the B-52s. Ian, are you are you familiar with this? Nope. Ian, nope. we're going to oh, we're going to play this should, over should, the audio. If you want to just look this audience? up in real time. You should look it up. I would like you to look it up and then. Give your live reaction. Okay, please. so what the live reaction so this video? This is a story all about how Captain Planet was made. 
It's so much. They had such a good intro. <laughs> Season six intro. Okay, here we go. Right. There's like a like a, a, a Rocky Horror Picture Show style mouth at the beginning, yeah, like a wax lips thing. <laughs> Mega Mac Daddy. Hey, remember early 90s when white guys were trying to right. oh, This is like, this the, is like 95. That's, I, they should I have can't. known better by now. Yeah, it's it's really great. The the season six intro is definitely important. It's more gonna be called a watershed moment. The, the the season one through five intro I think is good. The outro to Captain Planet is nigh impregnable as yeah. like a champion of outros. It cannot be pregnated. It no, I it can't. Want. Like uh, Ian, did you ever listen to the outro to Captain Planet? Uh, did you have to? It was wasn't it stuck in your head forever? I just went through the uh, the PSAs. Yeah, it was. I, I think it was after the PSAs mm-hmm. where it goes, like, where like the the like the Joan Jet type of like Captain Planet. He's a hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. That guy. Yeah. That, Do you remember that? It's um, amazing. It's it's such. It's. Like the thumping bass is crazy. It it hits so hard at uh, the beginning of it, um, and whoever sings it is absolutely killer. I also wanted to say that the like it, it's not nearly as good, but the intro is like a really fun combination of like classic '80s crunchy guitars and hero fanfare. Like it's just a real good melding of the genre and the style at the time that mm-hmm. I I truly appreciate. Yeah, it's it's exciting and it's heroic, but it's not too self serious. Yeah, exactly. There's a there's a good degree of the show that is exciting, but not too self serious. Like it's no s- surprise to me that Ted Turner was a fan of pro wrestling because <laughs> I got a lot of pro wrestling feeling watching this show. Like the like there's there would be a scene where the music is and characters are more energetic than anyone would be in that scene or characters mm-hmm. like they they are all you know middle of the day they just had their cup of coffee and they're gonna go have an excursion off the cruise ship like they, they are like <laughs> so pumped to be it's in that moment they're present um maybe it's just like the tone of the over the top villains or like the poppy loopable themes during the the the, the nature settings mm-hmm. like uh you know whatever the music choices are during those i felt so strongly like it's it's it reminded me so strongly of a phoenix wright game <laughs> where like there's this there's this fun loopable music going on in the background while you're interrogating somebody who could not exist right like they're just way too much they're they're way too into their own style to be real like, yeah, it's excitable, but there's some sinister intrigue in the back end, and, like, everybody is very about their costume. You'll have a really clever back and forth, and then a character will just be like, wow, I guess I didn't think about that. I should recycle more. Like, in the... <laughs> yeah, a lot of... Did you did you find that, like, I found, like, a lot of the henchmen of the main bad guys are just, like, people who are caught in a bad situation trying to put food on the table. Yeah. And they generally get you know, convinced of their ne'er-do-wellsmanship by the end of the episode. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just me though. No, yeah, like uh, you know, like in the power plant, like the 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 lead scientist's fault was not that he was evil; it's that he was overconfident, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. He could be and, shown like, the in, error of his ways. And like in an episode, I think it's the second episode um, where um, uh, they were trying to rescue elephants in Africa from being hunted for ivory. And, like, there's, like, a good number of people from Kwame's, like, general area. Mm-hmm. Like, they call each other brother in a way that isn't weird. Um, <laughs> like, uh, he basically, like, there's a not insignificant amount of backstory to him and his family being like, yeah, this is just, this is how I have to put food on the table because yeah. we don't have other jobs, so we're we're working for these ivory hunters there's, that's what's there. there's so much it, more like, complexity kinda, like, than is a perspective into like blood diamond farming mm. kind of that like <laughs> the workers there are not the real problem they're just like the exploitable labor resources that, again, that people if, can if use. a kid goes to their parents and they're like why didn't you tell me about blood diamonds like what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> get out of here Timmy. jesus that movie's um, not gonna yeah, come out I mean, in another 15 years come on <laughs> oh boy this this show has a lot more willingness to deal with complexity than i think it is understood to right just you know you say captain planet people just assume it's going to be a milk toast veneer of environmentalism and you can find shows that are you know very liberal culture forward like it happens in edutainment all the time these days sure. you know you have tons of gender fluid characters in newer shows like you talking about Universe the woke agenda <laughs> i'm talking i'm I'm, re- I'm referring circumspectly to the woke agenda i see um, carry on counselor if you look at your packet from the last orientation <laughs> <laughs> the woke minutes yeah. the woke summary i don't know i don't get the same feeling from Captain Planet that I do from some of those shows recently where it's mm-hmm. like this is very clearly a a they're very clearly peddling to the left in the more recent shows. Captain Planet is peddling to the left, but like maybe it just wasn't as partisanly divided media uh, I centers think that's, back I think then. that's definitely part of it where like there's the, like the episode where they kidnap uh HW Bush um, and they're trying to I explain, love this show. They're trying to explain global warming to him by pointing out, "Hey, look at Venus. How do you think it got that way?" And it has him like kind of slowly understand, and he's like, "Yeah, so tell me, tell me more about these wind and solar farms." He, <laughs> you know, <laughs> did he really talk That's like right that? One. He talked. He didn't do the he he, but he did talk like that. It was good. Yeah, you could imply it. It and was an like, unspoken. And they did like a read my lips reference. <laughs> And he said, like, oh, let's get back to Earth. Man, am I bushed. Like, they didn't call him bushed. What, they what called on him Earth Mr. Is President. This show? <laughs> Again, it's just second a, season. <laughs> it's it's schmaltzy in, like, a very unspecific way. Like, they, they it just reach feels like, for whatever bad, dumb joke is near. And they're so confident that the core of their messaging is good that they don't kind of care what comedy they but, do. But, Ben, I, I agree with you. I, I don't think it's pandering necessarily... Uh, I think I think they are trying to convince people. Like there is a message here, they just seem very sure of themselves. They're they're confident in their message. I I hate to alienate somebody who wasn't watching Ferngully with us, Ian. I don't know if you have seen it in the oh, past several times. Yes. Okay. Good. Imagine Robin Williams is allowed to say what he wants. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, mistake. <laughs> uh, 
so in Fern Gully, there is our point of reference character, and he's a logger. Like, he's there to tear up fucking rainforests. And I almost wonder if one of the planeteers should have been, like, somebody who wasn't initially an environmental activist. Not like Wheeler. I mean, Wheeler's an edge case. But, you know, like somebody who is kind of on the bad side of things. Yeah. Um, I, will, I, th- I think it's yeah. it's the uh, malleability of youth, right? Because yes. they, they very often they say like, oh, I don't see why this is a problem. And then throughout the episode, they're like, oh, no, yeah, I guess you're, you're right. I don't, you're have gonna. My, I don't have my identity wrapped up in a politics yet. Mm-hmm. So it's okay for me to say, hey, you're right. Let's work together now. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that, that Wheeler was spending his summers like working in his uncle's garage in Kiwanis and just like dumping engine oil down the drain. And, you know, it wasn't until mm-hmm. he became a planeteer that he, he learned the error of his ways. Yeah. Maybe I'm Oh, I should be setting this oil on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and much like Zach from Fern Gully, he was probably just listening to tunes the whole yeah. time. He wasn't he was really paying attention to what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just '90s vibing. You can't fault a bro for '90s vibing. <laughs> As bros are wont to country. do. As bros are wont to do. Uh, since we are kind of wrapping up, I had a couple notes that I wanted to get through, yeah, yeah, uh, specifically for the special effects and sound effects for these fucking rings. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are awesome. This Ooh. this rules. I I love this so much. It's like it's. it's there's like such a good um there's such a good Foley. fantasy sound effect that yeah. accompanies the, these rings mm-hmm. um but they also like like a lot of times when they use the rings especially uh especially Matisse like when he uses the heart ring it's just like these weird like little concentric circles of particle bending goodness <laughs> good uh, vibes of, yes. of, of of these like special effects it what's important in this show is to communicate to youth that you want to be these guys and you want to do these things mm-hmm. and the way you do that is by making them not you know we're not making them captain planets but we're giving them the utility to do cool shit so these rings are really important yeah. and they they I, they stand out the the special effects overall like the animation is not bad but these these rings do punch a little harder than the surrounding territory and i think that's 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 a that's a specific decision to make kids feel like this is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the, with the heart ring, it's like okay, yeah, he has he can you know communicate telepathically with his friends, and you know they could have just left it at that. But with the the actual the visual representation of the the those waves and the vibes coming out of said ring, um, you know, puts a, a physical manifestation to the concept of heart. Which you know you tell that yeah. to an eight year old, I don't know uh, what that really means, but you know it's like it has physical consequences and ramifications <laughs> in the world of of the Captain <laughs> Planet. So clearly, it means something. It's, it's bar. It's borrowing. It's borrowing from the honored '80s music video tradition of somebody belts out a chord on a guitar hard enough, and it becomes a shockwave. <laughs> right? Yeah, and like a visible shockwave. Yeah, closes all the textbooks. It's the same and thing. Lets the kids out of school early. Yeah. <laughs> car blows out the window. Your car was dead, and now it starts right up again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, Everything I, gets you know, like another twelve Van, kinds Van of Halen. color on it. It's Van Halen. Is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> oh, your 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 mom your, your dad's pickup truck turns into a fucking van. <laughs> that can fly. For you something. get take on Mead. Uh, I do think it's yep. imp- 
I do think it's important that they're rings, right? These aren't intrinsic powers to the people. These yeah. are tools that anyone could have. It's not like yeah. Power Rangers were like, yeah, they're doing flips in costumes, but they're also doing flips on their own. <laughs> like, <laughs> But do we have to wait for an omniscient being to bestow us with the power to solve our environmental crisis? Yeah, the metaphor breaks down a little there. <laughs> okay, okay, just checking. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna carry water for the metaphor. Sure. I, I just yeah, the ring the rings look cool. The uh, elemental effects that they do look cool. It, They're great. It's, it's deke, right? So it's not breaking the bank animation wise, but it doesn't feel phoned in. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It feels like I I think that that this was at the right time for them to not be confident enough in the tech involved in the early 90s animation like if you remember back to ducktales it looks better than shows that would come out like three or four years later because yeah. like they were experimenting like they, they weren't confident in their abilities yet so there was probably more quality control on the ground yeah. i got the same feeling here like everything does it doesn't look sound it doesn't feel phoned in it feels like they really wanted to make sure this would work and they weren't yet confident that it would mm-hmm. yeah so and, like it felt like it just had a lot of resources behind it but the lack of confidence does come across right like there's a high variation in how good this looks i i honestly found that like when there was an elemental like special effect it always looked good yeah i'm just talking about like people moving around like that level <laughs> people moving around and lip syncing are a little weird well, but <laughs> I, I think it, with a lot of animation and, and maybe it's a little bit of rose-colored glasses and, you know, things were, when it was fresh and it was, like, new and novel, like, that's when you, like, it really cements itself in your brain, but when I think about shows like... Yeah, like Star Wars. Archer, like, it's it's not even mm-hmm. that old, but even the, the first couple of seasons have such a, a more basic animation style than the newer seasons, but it feels like everything, because yeah. they're working on a smaller budget with a smaller team, it's, like, a lot more intentional, and, and all of those, everything that they animate, like, goes towards the, the storytelling. It's not just make it look smoother and flashier, and, and, oh, we can now do this thing, which doesn't really add anything to to the, the scenery but i had the same kind of feeling where you know like you said it was all not not super high budget but it all made sense and it all worked and everything sort of had the same weight and all you know worked together mm-hmm. i i think that it if they did have a limited amount of patience time resources people working on it whatever that uh there was direction from the top Make sure that the special effects and superpower shit looks good, because that is what is going to draw the eye. Yeah. That is what is going to make kids invested in this show. Like, I would struggle to find... Like, that's the, the, the spoonful of sugar, right? Like, we want the medicine of environmentalism go down. We're not selling the environmentalism. We're selling superpower rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always been kind of the issue of the of the environmentalist movement, right? Is is capturing the attention because it's it's not surprising it's not a sexy message. that things are bad. <laughs> you just, people need to be reminded, and it's it's always got to be something big and flashy, right? So like scientists chaining themselves to uh, banks that are funding you know uh, ecological devastation projects, not in the papers. Somebody throws some soup on the Mona Lisa, it's in the papers. <laughs> She was hungry. <laughs> she she hasn't eaten in hundreds of years. I know. <laughs> Just give the girl a drink. <laughs> She's a lot smaller than you think. <laughs> but like, 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 let's let I I kind of struggle with this a little bit too because if your message and I guess this is like 
fundamental market is marketing right here that I haven't really come to terms with yet. If your message is environmentalism, but your messenger is superpowers, are you not losing some of the message? And yes, but there's like a there there's probably like a like a, a an optimal maximum where uh-huh. like you're getting the most viewers, but you aren't you aren't muddling the message too much that it's not impactful. Like I think that's where you want this yeah. show to hit is like you want it to capture them, and then if kids twenty years from now still remember Captain Planet shit, you did your yeah. job. You're I, just I try- think this you're is trying pretty to get close them. to that. Yeah, it's almost like the optimal space for that. Like that's, I like if it's not clear. I love the show, and I think like <laughs> it's really artfully constructed to deliver that message without losing the texture that you spoke of, Zane, with like it's not good or bad here there's 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 nuance to nuclear energy yeah. like if we weren't trying to deliver a good environmentalism yeah. message we would lose that because it would give way to another sequence wherein superpowers were happening to capture the kids so like they they know when i i think that they were very intentional about not pushing the superpowers too hard but also recognizing that the kids need that in order to like the show yeah Ian, how did how did this hold up against your memory? I think because I have not reconnected with it since I, you know, watched it initially as a kid, um, it's hard to not see it, you know, very much through the lens of like my life today, and and the world that we live in now. So, um, yeah, yeah, it. Uh, <sighs> I mean, it's a lot, like you said, it's a lot more nuanced than I remember it being. Like, I I expected going into this to be watching just, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, lots of explosions and G.I. Joe shit going on, but it, it was a lot more nuanced than that, and, and really, um, I think, expected more of the viewers than you, than you would expect uh, to of a, a silver surfer who saves the world. It's like, well, that could have been pretty simple and pretty dumb, but um, honestly, right. they they did a great job in in making it a lot more than that. And um, I'm I'm just looking at some of these character uh, entries here, like Commander Clash, who is a former U.S. Army officer, now UN soldier. It's like, would you put that in a show for kids today? Like, hey, he used to be in the army and now he's <laughs> in the UN, like, which has a whole as as we all know today, has a whole whoa, other... Whoa, there's multiple armies? Right. <laughs> and and the fact that, like, now you could think of, like, hey, you know, the UN isn't maybe necessarily always a good thing either. It's like, there's... They even kind of took on things like that pretty pretty head, you know, straightforwardly and, um, you know, decided that, like, hey, we're, we're going to make this and we're going to do it the way that... that apparently ted wanted us to do and uh and ted says that (laughs) we're gonna do this and um i think it's better for ted is very insistent on this mullet i mean they they were taking on the provocative issues of the time i'm sure that if it was made down the line and there were different provocative issues in the like imagine the episode on fracking like just imagine it like it it would not it would it would very easily fit into this framework like you could kind of do anything with this honestly um so you mentioned what it's like to look back on it from like an environmentalist perspective how do you feel on about it like as a person who doesn't watch as many old cartoons and is not as fluent in the early 90s animation (laughs) era 
what's the how about the entertainment value like is this an enjoyable you know with air quotes there like is this enjoyable on the in the realm of early 90s cartoon um were you pretty sick of it by the end of watching no. it did you chuckle did you No, it was great and I, it had that you know we we mentioned the the references to popular culture and even popular culture that wasn't popular in the 90s um it it does and maybe maybe i'm showing my mst3k upbringing but it has that same quality <laughs> for me of like there's there's the the plot and the action that's going on and like that's that's the the you know sort of mean potatoes i guess but there's all this other stuff going on that you could go back and rewatch these episodes even now and just like continue laughing to yourself yeah they're like oh my they did they did mention the yeah that that thing that i also had forgotten about the flavor of it is very quaint yeah. <laughs> like like in a in a kind of adorable way i think it's like one of those things where like if this was a worse property before it got the code of paint of making a bunch of puns and references if it yeah. was a bad property before yeah. that we would not give it the time right. of day we would roll our eyes as opposed to chuckling along with mm -hmm. them yeah yeah but yeah. be but because it's like it endears you, it, it endears you, like because it's it's very honest. It's very honest, and like it's very much an auteur vision of the people who created it, and mm -hmm. like the people who voice act seem like they're having a lot of fun doing <laughs> it, and like some of the special effects are real fun. It seems like the animators had a good time. So like by the time it makes these really cornball jokes, you kind of just can't you, you kind of can't help but be like, oh well. That's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well done. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining what it would look like if they did a reboot today where, like, they're talking about the energy costs of Bitcoin and they, like, get zapped into a computer and have to fight, like, a, like a blockchain. Oh, Zane, it's, <laughs> it's, it's right there. Like, it writes it, itself. Like I was... <laughs> Yeah, like like I was saying, like with the with the fracking thing, you can already see the episode. The, like yeah. the the plot construction was insane at times. It, it, like, it just it feels see also twelve angry animals. <laughs> this just see feels also... much more much more timeless than the nineties. But at the same time, it feels very much the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the good parts, the good parts, sure, the parts that had Wheeler. <laughs> Well, <laughs> but but I think it would have um, to be if you were to to make this today, it would have to also be the brainchild of somebody like Ted Turner who said, "I'm going to just fund this. I, I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm not trying to to sell this to a boardroom or, oh. or you know, it's not going to be." And it would get roasted mercilessly by right wing media. And, yeah, the show doesn't work if Twitter exists. But honestly, I think yeah, I, think I kind of agree. It gets roasted by by right wing media. I think this would get roasted by even like people describing themselves as center left of saying like well we need we can't just be, <laughs> oh yeah you know well you know, prevaricating on on what the solution is and say well we need to make sure that we're not you know uh endangering the livelihoods of the people who run these you know oil conglomerates i mean like that that kind of half measure I mean, show just would not work well even this show you can imagine it being made today i'm sure the twitter lefties would also have a big problem with it because it like yes there's a degree of subtlety but you know they're they're still flying their hypersonic jet place to right. place like and, and oh, the, yeah. the, you know the diver the, the, di jet. the diversity of Linka is problematic in more ways than one like there there are there are definitely things that people would get upset about yeah. in today's very hot topical era that's a not a that's not a <laughs> my life is very sequence hot of words that yeah. makes 
I also went to see My Chemical Romance last year, so what do you want from me? <laughs> the, the, the lack of chemical romance uh, regulations today is, is really oh, a time bomb waiting to happen. I would love to see an episode on the chemical romance trails, the chem, the chem, <laughs> chem romance trails. trails. There we are. He's working it. He's, he's figuring it out. I'm figuring it out. I, I got there a little later than you guys. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm glad it came out when it did. It, it made it timeless and, and a uniting cultural touchstone rather than a, the divisive one it would be today. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering whether that's because of the property that it was or because of the era that we it's, now exist it's because in. Like, we're worse now yeah, i i yeah. kind of agree yeah no you think, think about it like environmentalism and, and, like as yeah. a concept in the 90s was um and maybe because it was a little more i don't want to say niche but it seems less threatening it yeah, wasn't, it wasn't as, as much, much of, of a threat to the status quo right. yeah. like yeah. there there weren't as many there there weren't as many big voices that acknowledged it as a real concept like it was just hippie granola eaters back then. Yeah, and, there, and there now was it time is. Then. Except that we, there, we there, also there will have been time. We then. have problems like uh, the the two big ones that are foremost in my mind that I think people reference a lot are uh, deep pesticides that were you know making uh, the eggshells of, of uh, megafauna you know predators, um, you know big eagles and owls and things, making them too thin for the the chicks to survive. And then the hole in the ozone layer where, like, we all recognize that those were issues that affected everybody and then, like, did something about it, (laughs) you know? It was, like, an example of... It was an example... Yeah, acid rain as well. Uh, It was an example of, you know, people deciding, you know, this is an externality we don't like, so we're going to regulate our way to a solution. And it worked. (laughs) The um, the era of what if we fix the problems. (laughs) Right. And I, I think if you, like... Even today, if you had the same conversation of like, hey, we need to move away from free onto something else, you would have so many people on platforms like Twitter saying, oh, you just want to, you know, take jobs away from people who make free on. It's, it's like, my God given right argument? to free base. You're carrying free on. water for the big executives. Yeah. yeah, like we exist in an era where you, there's too many people who have too big a voice who like their their livelihoods depend on being mad. Yeah, like it, yeah. they're gonna be mad. Yeah, they're gonna be mad. Is the, is the problem? Like there, there was, but like Captain Planet, you know, he's really fighting above his weight class. Like nobody who was, you know, commanding a lot of space treated him seriously. Like he was able to just kind of exist in our cultural consci- mm-hmm. consciousness long enough, like a like a like an infection <laughs> yeah. almost. Uh, that, that, that wouldn't uh, that wouldn't culminate until like decades down the line, and we all remember Captain Planet. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that I've recycled before in no small part because I remember Captain Planet saying recycling's the, good. The power and like, was ours. Yeah. The power was yeah. ours. Oh, my God. You, I really hope they don't reboot it because if they did, it'd have to be like, oh, they're, they're you know, people don't want to get rid of their gas-burning stoves in their kitchen. It's like, oh, all right, never mind. Don't, <laughs> just don't bother. <laughs> I do want them to reboot it, but that's just because I'm, I'm very not risk-averse when it comes to media properties. Yeah. Like it, they can't ruin my childhood. They, I won't let them. I want three concurrent reboots with wildly different politics. <laughs> I think that the only thing in this kind of sphere that even comes close to the ecological impact of a piece of media as Captain Planet is the explanation of future in Futurama of the ozone layer. Yeah, <laughs> which which was so impactful that it made it into an inconvenient yep. truth. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, not like watching in an English class, yeah. and like Al Gore clips like out as like Al Gore comes on screen. He's like, I could explain global warming, but somebody already did it better. <laughs> Cut to <laughs> clip from Futurama. Chop a giant ice cube in the ocean, just like Daddy does in his dwink every morning, and then he gets mad. <laughs> 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 I forgot um, about that. Their should, rotting corpse is heating the planet. We should uh, close up shop. I just have a couple of, of small yes. points that I wanted to make of uh, that episode with the puppy mill. <laughs> just because yes. I have Very to good. say what happened in this episode. Uh, Dr. Blight is running it. There's just several long scenes of her just torturing dogs <laughs> like to no end. Is it a Cruella de Vil situation yes. or what? Also, they can't use the word kill they say the dogs are destroyed, which is so much worse. <laughs> Holy shit! I thought they did. I thought that they did say kill, or at least like maybe they changed more, it by then. May, I thought they used more terminal terminology, yeah. like uh, in the early seasons. Maybe it's different for dogs. Uh, and we start. We <laughs> see the Planeteers at a dog funeral for Wheeler's cousin's dog Jesus. that died because what? of a birth defect. Um, and Captain Planet is there, and he says. Hang in there, Joey, followed immediately by the power is yours, because that's the only way that he can split back into rings. It's just so baffling. Wait, wait, wait. They lost their planet showed up at a public funeral? At a dog funeral in like their backyard. Oh, okay. It was a private function. I was wondering how much he was like a public figure. Oh yeah, is he a known entity? Yeah, is is it just Greedley and 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 Rat Wonders who know about again, him? Again, when the president meets him, he's like, "Who are you?" And it's like, "Dude, you should probably yeah. be aware of this." So, guy. so he's just been visiting these yeah. files in their subtle. entire lives. No, he's <laughs> he's the very definition of flamboyant. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's Captain Planet. That is Captain Incredible. Planet. Thank you so much, Ian, for letting us watch this and, and reminisce about the era yeah. of Captain Planet Thank with you. Thank you for having me and bringing me back to the glory days that were the early nineties. I'm glad that you have a very positive memory of this show and a positive reception of it now that, like, I I didn't come into this with any particular, like, I kind of thought it as, like, oh, that's that old hokey environmentalism show, but I didn't really have context for if it was a good environmentalism show, and... I'm, I was pleasantly I, I, surprised. I think an expectation of hokiness was was pretty much what I was I was kind of expecting. It's what I had. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Well, it was hokey. Well, like you were not yeah, in but in a good way. But it wasn't pokey. Right. Uh, but yeah, Ian, we'll have you back on for your choice of Metalocalypse or Aquatine Hunger Force. So oh, get thinking oh. on that. <laughs> Okay. Yep. Twist those dirty bags. He's salivating. Um, <laughs> look at him. Yeah. And tell uh, Ian, is there God. anything you want to? <laughs> uh, Ian, is there anything that you'd like to plug in the internet zone? Uh, I would like to plug. Do you um, want to plug your lawn? My, my personal the um, hole in the ozone layer. My, yeah, my own hole in the ozone layer. Um, I, I would like uh, everyone to recycle because all of that comes to me, and I get to sell it back to corporations. So please, uh, please recycle <laughs> for my oh, personal, just like Tyler financial Durden. benefit. Um, yeah, make soap out of your enemies. I think that's a great way to to reduce. <laughs> carbon emissions 
And uh, yeah, no, that's that's it. Thankfully, um, make soap out of your enemies until they are destroyed. These are the only two people who ever record my opinions on anything, which is probably for the best. So uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's overshadowed by ours. Anything that you hear from me, and from now on, if it contradicts this, well, you know where the source of truth also, is. Also, everything yeah, that you hear from you. me from now on is also co-signed by Ben and Zane. So it's just. <laughs> that's uh, uh it, it's 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 uh co-signed by us by the um i was trying to think of words that connected you somehow to ted turner but it didn't happen well let's turn her that around uh good <laughs> you saved it uh ben do you perchance remember what we're doing next time damn it i hate that you that I've forced you to phrase it that way. <laughs> I think I think it was Dan versus. Yes, uh, Josh wanted to come on and talk about Dan versus a show I don't know anything about, but he assures me he's good. It's pronounced Denver. Yeah. Oh, Denver says. Denver J. Uh, yeah, but that should be fun. Uh, and Zane, what are we doing after that? Uh, well, Ben, after that, very special. Uh, there's a movie coming out right around that up ep- uh, the the next episode uh, that we're gonna Zane- watch. I, I I love that you are so in tune with me in anticipating this movie. I would say that I am hooked on my brother right <laughs> yes. now. Yes, <laughs> yes, we're very much hooked on the brothers. We're, we're hooked gonna on watch, the brothers. We're going to watch the upcoming Super Mario Bros. movie. Oh, yes. um, I feel like the trailers have basically told us everything that's going to happen, but I'm hoping for a Sonic the Hedgehog-esque twist where it's actually about somebody completely different <laughs> oh man if, if we get i'm i'm going to be eagle-eyed for any waluigi sightings yeah i'm gonna say right now that the voicing of chris pratt as mario is a fake and they're gonna swap in charles martinet like in the actual edit that's my prediction i i think that they should just chat gpt it up from uh old um uh, Super Lou show. Albano. Oh yeah, <laughs> Super Mario Super Show Eclipse. Yep, they can yep. do that now, right? Like I, you can just you can just feed it into the algorithm, and now we got a new Lou Albano for a new generation. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm super excited for this movie. It looks like they're going to do a passable job, and uh, possibly make more Nintendo animation after that, which is kind of all I've ever wanted. It, and I'll, I will let you know if there's any wayward Waluigi sightings. Uh, but until we do those, you can go to our website at fancybat.com slash cartoncast and tell us what you think about Dan versus Dan Versace or Super Mario Brothers and Chris Pratt go to Paris. Uh, you can... <laughs> you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review. It really helps us out and it validates our existence. Uh, and more than anything else, tell your friends to recycle. Power, power is all yours. Uh, Ian, do you have anything vaguely Captain Planet themed to sign us off at, uh, with? For? Um, d- don't kick turtles. How right. many? I mean, like, <laughs> how it... many before we're no longer part of the solution? <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. And as long as they're snapping, I was turtles, really thought I really hardy bunch. I thought I was teeing it up for the power is yours, but I liked your tur- your turtle. <laughs> <laughs> I like the turtle conundrum the, the you presented. Turtle power to is us. yours. There we go. <laughs> turtle power. Yeah, that's another great. Oh, Thank you. oh, that's that's deep. Oh, what was what was the thing that you texted us earlier? Oh. 
Mighty Morphin Park Rangers. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> a joke so Ian that I didn't even need to have you in my in my contacts to know it was you. Meet Mr. Sunbeam. He comes all the way from the sun to visit Earth. Hello, Earth. Just popping in to brighten your day. La 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 la. And now I'll be on my way. Not so fast, Sunbeam. We're greenhouse gases. You ain't going nowhere. Oh! Ah! Oh! Ah! Oh! Oh, God, it hurts! Pretty soon, Earth is chock full of sunbeams. They're rotting corpses heating our atmosphere. 